Hi, this is Pam, and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining me today. I have Maddie, John, and Robin with me, and we are talking turkey. It's that time of year, gobble, gobble. (laughs) The uh, turkey day is fast approaching, and so we thought we would do our annual turkey talk, get into a little bit of a buying guide, um, maybe some memories we have of Thanksgiving, maybe some tips that we have on cooking or planning. So welcome. (laughs) I did hear on the news, and I don't know if anyone else heard this, so it's a good thing we're getting our turkey talk out there now, is that there could be a shortage on turkeys this year. So get them while you can. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Is it because of the shipping issue or... Not sure. I didn't look too closely in it, but I just saw that. And then uh, when I was at the store, I did see a couple birds in the freezer section and I didn't grab one yet, but I might have to. And then just saw it before. (laughs) I guess we know that you're doing frozen turkey then, Maddie. (laughs) Yes, I'm thinking so. Um, well, you know, after last year and uh, it was such a sort of up in the air and I, I know things are still not completely settled, but I do think a lot more people um, will be partaking in a um, a more familiar holiday this year um, with family and friends. And so I think a lot of people probably are trying to um, think about what they're making. And, um, and, you know, usually a turkey, I mean, I like the sides. I actually like dark turkey meat. Yeah, but I I do love the sides. But in terms of um, what to buy, let's start there. Let's talk about when one is thinking of a choosing a turkey. You can go fresh or frozen. You can go free range, standard, basted or natural. Those are we do have a good buying guide covering these things on our website, cuisineathome.com, and also how big a bird. So I have done both fresh and frozen. I can't really discern a difference between either. I don't know if anybody has anything to say on that one. We always fry our turkey, so either way, it's delicious. <laughs> Crispy skin, <laughs> I imagine. Yes. <laughs> the only dramatic difference I've ever seen in turkey was between uh, heirloom varieties and farm-raised. Sure. That, that's really only the dramatic difference. Uh, They're leaner. Yes, I was right. just going to say, I had an heirloom one year, and boy, was it lean. I'm like, boy, that's a skinny bird. <laughs> I'm used to the fat mm. breasts and and, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. No, pretty scrawny yeah. looking. <laughs> yep. yeah. well, Is this we, a pheasant? We've smoked wild turkey before. That's really scrawny. <laughs> a wild? <laughs> ah, okay. So wild, was it, yeah. did uh, somebody uh, hunt it? and uh, yeah. yeah. Just go out and hunt it, and and there you are. You have your wild turkey, and not everybody, you know, does that. Do you have wild turkey <laughs> with wild turkey, Robin? <laughs> Sorry. It would have made it taste better. <laughs> or at least make you not mind whether it's lean or not. Yes. Is it dry? Who cares? <laughs> well, I think maybe yeah. you add a little wild turkey to your gravy at least. Um, but if you – if one wants to hunt for a turkey, a little bow and arrow or something, go out behind Cuisine at Home's <laughs> offices and there you'll find some roaming around on any mm-hmm. given day. And it's, it just it's, might not be legal. Exactly. Exactly. I'm joking. I am joking. <laughs> um, are in the city limits. <laughs> so, but if you happen to have hit one with your car, maybe it's okay. 
So let's just, I'm just going to kind of go through our little buying guide that we have. And we're saying fresh or frozen. Um, we're checking kind of the frozen box um, on the two to the biggest reason um, we choose for that is availability. You can get them pretty much any time. Um, in terms of thawing it, we can get into that just a little bit later. Um, fresh has to be blast chilled um, to 24 to 26 degrees immediately after processing. So they're actually kind of frozen, um, but uh, makes the surface of the turkey stiff, but not rock hard. Um, and if you want a fresh one, you better get on the list right now. Yeah. It's or because of availability. Right. So if, if that's what you want to do, get on that right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, they were saying smaller and fresh turkeys are the ones going to be in high demand. Not surprising. I think that, um, I mean, big birds are, are unwieldy. They're just hard to work with and they don't cook. It's hard to get them cooked evenly because there's just so much surface and to get the breast cooked properly and the thigh. And that's when you want to either cut up your bird or spatchcock it or something like that. I would recommend when you're doing, again, that's going to be a lot of big surface though. That's hard to, I know my mom, she used to do 25 pound birds for a table of Thanksgiving for years. Um, I don't know how she did it, but she did it and it, it was not overdone. Um, and uh, we talked about kind of free range versus standard. Um, doo -doo -doo, and based it or natural, um, several brand name turkeys go through a process where they're injected with a solution of water or broth, sugar, salt, and sometimes vegetable oil. Others have butter stuffed under the skin. Um, they're saying these are juicier. If you want to avoid the excess handling that basted turkeys go through, you can buy a natural one with no artificial ingredients or color. I can't say myself. I've looked that closely at that kind of thing. What about you guys, basted versus natural? We've looked at them. I've looked at them just because uh, you want to get a natural turkey if you're planning on doing your own brining. That's where the, that really comes into play. Um, you can easily oversalinate your yes. turkey if you brine yeah. and have a, a, a basted turkey. So That's a good point. Um, one of the things that I've done in the past is I have actually bought kosher birds because there is um, somewhat of a uh, kind of a, it's not a brining process, but it is, there is a uh, sense of a brining process with it, I guess. Um, and so they are, they are somewhat salinated and they usually have a lot of flavor. Um, so I've done that in the past and I've um, been very happy. Then in terms of how big of a bird, edible meat, as a rule of thumb, one pound of raw turkey will give you one half pound of edible meat. So half the turkey weight is lost in carcass and shrinkage. But don't throw that carcass out, kids. Um, when you're trimming, um, don't throw the the innards away, um, the giblets. Uh, I I like to add it to my gravy, but it it's great for stock if you're not if you're not making giblet gravy or something. Um, and be careful leaving that out on your counter. The dogs sometimes uh -oh. like it. Like our dog Rusty one time stole it right off the cutting board. <laughs> oh. Cooked or raw? Raw. I was gonna say in the paper bags. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, at least you got it out of the um, the 
cavity because there are a lot of people that I know have left that in the cavity. Uh, sometimes it's so frozen, you don't even realize that it's still in there. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, not our dog, he knew. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're required by law to do that at least once. I'm, I'm... <laughs> oh, to cook it in the in the cavity in the paper. Yeah, to cook it. Yeah, so, oops, yes. or in that yep. that neck cavity. <laughs> you you learn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, I'm just looking. So four to this is what we recommended in the past. We're saying for four to six guest eight to 12 pound bird seven to 10 guest four to 20 pound bird and 11 to 14 guests 22 to 28 pound bird i personally would probably go for two smaller birds as opposed to one big bird anymore um and maybe try two different cooking methods or if you just want to streamline it you can again turkeys are big and they can be kind of unwieldy and so i think that um uh, to try to get them evenly cooked, it does help when you have a smaller bird. Um, and um, we are big fans of spatchcocking, or um, I've done it, I know it's on our website, and I know our spatchcocked uh, turkey recipe is on our website, uh, cuisineathome.com. It's a beautiful image. And, um, and then I also did that cut up turkey where you cut the turkey similar to yeah. what you would do a chicken and you cut it into kind of eight parts. So you've got, you you cut the legs and you separate your legs and thighs and you cut your wings off and then you have your two breasts and you lay all of those. So and then you take the carcass part away, save that for stock or gravy or whatever you're making. And then, um, um, or later you can make a soup with it, that kind of thing. And then um, you, what we did is um, we did our, pan of dressing underneath and then laid all the parts on top of it. So the drippings flavored all of that, the dressing, which was really good. I mean, you could cook yeah. it separately on a rack of some sort if you didn't want to cook it directly on top of the dressing. And it is dressing at that point because it's not stuffed in the bird. That is the difference. <laughs> and we all, I know it's a name that we use interchangeably, dressing, stuffing, but technically if it's a, if you stuff the bread stuffing or maybe cornbread or oyster stuffing, whatever it may be, into the bird, that is stuffing. If it's cooked separately, that is dressing. It would be the exact same thing in terms of ingredients, but it does, when you do stuff the bird, you're gonna add cooking time on because it's gonna take longer to cook and then you have to make sure that that is cooked properly as well. So you wanna tempt that. Yeah. But um, so the pieces, when you cook the pieces, you can individually temp each piece and then just pull them off when they're done, which is kind of a brilliant thing. I love that idea. Well, so, it's kind of a brilliant thing. Like you had mentioned uh, using two birds, you could have uh, one bird for show and then one for carving and broken up and yep. ready to go. I mean, yep. that would work out nicely. And I mean, I have friends who a lot of times will do one whole bird and then a breast or something for extra but I would tend towards the two birds because as I mentioned, I like the dark meat more than the, I mean, a turkey sandwich with, with uh, white meat is great, but mostly I'm gonna prefer the dark meat. Put me to sleep, tryptophan, thank you. But it's just, <laughs> it's better flavor. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's definitely. Less, less gravy needed. <laughs> yes. Um, really? Yeah, oh. I don't know. <laughs> You can at least eat it on its yeah. own, like when you're 
you know, carving it and stuff. You don't need to like dunk it in gravy just to take a bite. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant eat the gravy alone. Yeah, I, I do both. So. <laughs> My mom was known for her gravy and she taught me how to make it. And I, that is one of the things I love turkey gravy. I really do. Oh. Don't ask my mom. She went to KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Any port in a storm, as a friend of really? mine. Well, <laughs> Everyone loved it, though. I bet. <laughs> like, it's good gravy. <laughs> uh, anything else on purchasing? Um, or let's see. Uh, oh, thawing a turkey. Let's. And how long does it take? So... I believe it's a one day per four pounds of turkey. Well, that's about what we said. We said two and days, eight to 10 pounds. Sorry, Robin. Yeah, in the refrigerator. In the one refrigerator. Yes. Um, you should refrigerate your turkey when you are thawing it, just so you're not going to get it up to too high a temperature and start to create a, a science experiment. <laughs> right. Or we do have um, the tip that was sent oh. in that works beautifully. Uh -huh. putting it in a cooler um you know overnight and you fill that cooler with cold water and put your turkey in there you know pill about halfway with water put your turkey in there put it in there overnight and it will thaw that turkey and you don't have to worry about because it's insulated you don't have to worry about it getting too warm it will stay cold because you're filling it with cold water you've got that cold turkey in there it will thaw the turkey and um it works beautifully. You're not taking up your refrigerator space. You can put it in the garage or, you know, something like that if you want to, to get it out of the way. If you maybe don't have a standalone garage like some of us do, might get too cold. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> like I said, it saves your, it cuts down on the time because you can do it like overnight and it saves your refrigerator space and that, you don't have to worry about the water too warm. That's a great yeah, that's tip, true. Robin. I think especially yeah. with the, um, you know, freeing you up, it's hands-free, but it's refrigerator-free. And that's one of the things, I mean, the two things I think in terms of real estate premium, besides counter space sometimes, really is your um, oven space and your refrigerator space. Um, so right. anything you can do to sort of alleviate taxing either of those things is a good thing. That's right, smart. because you can thaw it in a sink full of water, but you have to keep changing the water in the sink and, and making sure it's completely and that's kind of searched. and you have to make sure Absolutely. you have large enough to hold that bird yeah <laughs> right and you're holding up your sink in your kitchen you're holding it hostage so right it, it, if you've come mm -hmm. down to it and it's been in the refrigerator and it's not thawed or you are all the way thawed there is the refri you know the sink trick will work for you if you need to get to you know finish that up um, but otherwise, if your refrigerator space is at a premium, I would go with the, the cooler trip. Really I mean, aggressive. because your turkey takes up so much space, you also have your, you know, drinks taking up space and all your sides that, you know, you do run out of some real estate. Yeah, it really does push it. So there you have it. Another way to thaw your turkey. Uh, also a tip on using the cooler again for once your turkey oh. is cooked. Yes, you can keep it warm in there. Absolutely, Maddie, I had forgotten about that one. And that is another good one. Why don't you talk about that mm -hmm. one? I, th you know, I think that was just it is that, you know, when you can go ahead and cook it and it will just, you know, put it into your cooler without the cold water, just empty. <laughs> just to right. keep it, you know, 
warm and, and freshly cleaned. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it stayed well, warm for over three hours. It stayed at temperature. That's what I was going to um, say. It's really to hold it for a couple hours so that you've got that you can free up your space for your side dishes and all of that kind of thing, but cook your bird kind of in advance. You've then you've got your drippings. You can make your gravy when you want to and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yep. And it, it, that's great. So you can thaw your, thaw your bird and then you can keep that uh, cooked bird warm. Well, and it kind of kept it pretty warm. If yeah. I remember oh, correctly. It kept it way in the, it wasn't, yes. it was never in the danger right. zone. So right. it was all good. Yep. Um, and you always want to rest your bird, really mostly because um, a good 30 minutes or so after cooking it anyway um, gives you um, time to kind of um, set your hair on fire and do a whole bunch of things at once. But no, it's really, um, birds are, really. <laughs> are hot, yes. And so you want to, um, you want some downtime for the bird to, before it, so you don't um, uh, burn yourself. And uh and whatnot. Um, safest way to handle a turkey um, to avoid cross contamination. Um, keep it in packaging away from other foods, especially ones that aren't cooked like salads. Um, that's one of the things to think about when you are, um, if you are putting your bird in the refrigerator. Well, John, actually, do you want to? Um, one of the things in our holiday issue, uh, you did um, dry brine. Dry brine. And we'll talk about that more in depth in our next um, podcast when we go through that issue. But um, one of the things you did recommend was um, putting the bird into the fridge uncovered if you have the yeah. space because mm -hmm. um, the dry brining and so in and having it go into the fridge uncovered for like 24 hours or something helps uh, make the skin crispier. It kind of... Um, dries it out a little yeah, bit? Yeah, the refrigerator action dehydrates the skin. And as a result, you end up with, uh, when it roasts, so you end up with a crispier skin. Mm -hmm. But uh, you don't want to do it for more than 24 hours. That's that's really right. close to every chance that your refrigerator is going to get stanky. Well, so, and then also... Like odors in your fridge, like a, onions were cut up in there or something, so... But if you can't safely put the bird in there where it's not touching other things or other things aren't touching it, right. then um, that's not what you want to do because you, you want to give it some, some room to breathe so there's no potential cross-contamination there. And so that's what um, really, when you think about it, it's just kind of like chicken. You just really want to let it play by itself <laughs> until it's cooked. And then you can put it on the plate <laughs> next to anything else, but it's it's going to play alone mm -hmm. until it is fully cooked. <laughs> and anytime you touch, if it's touching a board, you want to sanitize it, your hands, and all of that. A general rule of thumb too, I know that most you know we we go with is keeping your raw food on the lowest level in your yes. fridge, so that so if know. something drips yeah. down, yeah, mm -hmm. right, exactly. So just kind of little tidbits like that, you're like. Produce can go on the top or, you know, yep. but try to keep your meat on the bottom. Right. Yep. And if I'm putting that turkey in there, if it's even, you know, frozen, if I'm putting that in there, I always put it on a baking sheet or something like that. I don't just let that frozen yes. turkey in there because I want, if anything happens, I want it to be able to collect on, you know, the baking sheet. I don't want it to be dripping anywhere in my refrigerator. Yeah. For one, who has the time no. to clean 
that mess up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's contamination too. So, it's, but mostly it's like I don't want to clean a mess up. I'd rather just clean up a baking sheet. <laughs> Easily. So that's our prep on the kind of handling the turkey. Our recommendation is not to stuff the bird. It's just a safer, better, easier way to just do your dressing on the side. It's one less thing to really have to worry about. You have so many uh, plates spinning on dowels. You have a lot going on and it's easy to forget, you know, oh, is that there? Is this there? Oh, have I messed this up? You know, am I cross-contaminating just because I'm hurrying too much, just because I'm trying to get too much done too quickly? So, yeah, really, yeah. Uh, Pays to be forearmed, I guess. I think kind of the the mantra is the kiss simple for um, for Thanksgiving. It really is keep it simple. It's just the simpler you kind of make it. You can I um, it, it's you know it's it's basically roasting a bird. It most people have done that before. I think it's intimidating because you usually are having company, and if so, if you've never done that, and I'll, you're trying on maybe a, some new dishes or something, but. Um, try to keep it as simple as possible um, for yourself. And um, so we kind of really talked, I think, about most of those items here on our article that we had had. Does anybody want to kind of um, get into cooking methods? I mean, there are lots of, or preparation methods. We had talked about doing a dry brine. There's wet brines, there's injection, um, there are rubs under the skin, um, just simple salt well, some and pepper. Well, some of uh, our turkeys, we've done uh, lacquered finishes, mm -hmm. where we really um, shellacked it, if you will, for lack of a better word. Um, that we've got some of those recipes in at uh, probably at, at the website. I'm hoping they're there. But you end up with that really gorgeous, tawny brown bird. And that's always the showstopper when you. Right. When you're basting it with something, whether it's. Yeah. Color on. So. Basting rubs under dry, wet brine um, injection, as we said. And then kind of methods you can. Well, we talked about spatchcocking. We talked about cut it up. You can do whole birds. You can do just turkey breast. You, I mean, there are methods um, of where you flip the bird different ways. You start maybe um, oh. breast up or thigh <laughs> up, and then you flip it over. A lot of chefs like that method. Um, so beyond roasting, there's deep fat frying, there's grilling, there's smoking, if you don't like turkey, you can always use chicken too, you know? Uh -huh. Well, I'm actually going to be out of town for Thanksgiving and I'm kind of in a remote spot and um, with some friends and we had talked about maybe doing a chicken or something. And then we're like, no, let's go out. <laughs> exactly. Find that Kentucky fried. <laughs> no, it'll be a little, little better than that, but... <laughs> No, uh, my mom is uh, would uh, she didn't want to do the whole turkey, but for Thanksgiving after a few years she would, because there wasn't so many of us, she wasn't inviting everybody over or anything, but we still had the family, and so you know it's it's a rooster, so it's bigger than a hen, but it's sure small sauces. Yeah, but it's also uh, a special order. Okay. It centers around turkey for most people, though, as Maddie said, not everybody or Robin, not everybody likes turkey or wants to cook turkey. So really, it comes down to make what you want. It doesn't have to be turkey or chicken. It could be 
I grew up on the East Coast, and there's a part of my family's Italian, and um, you know, you'll see lasagna and stuffed shells and a lot of things like that at a holiday table, and sometimes that's what people will have. Um, some people just prefer maybe to have a ham. Um, or or something like that. I mean, we always, traditionally, we always did turkey at Thanksgiving and then sometimes for Christmas. Christmas would kind of vary. It could be any kind of a protein or whatever. But I think anymore, a lot of people are finding they want to um, just kind of make it their own and streamline it. So if turkey's not your thing, then yeah, find something that is. But for me, I think I said in the beginning, I do like turkey, but the sides are what a lot of people do really like. And does anybody have kind of a preference on their dressing of choice? My grandma Joyce's. And that was? Uh, <laughs> or is? Delicious. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like the worst thing for you, but it's like, you know, it's got tons of butter, some sausage, some meat, and um, bread st stand Standard bread dressing? Um, you, so she would do a combination of uh, just plain dried breadcrumbs, kind of like you'd get in the bakery aisle, but then also seasoned breadcrumbs. So it was kind of a combination of both, um, like half seasoned, half dried. So, and then, you so know, she's using breadcrumbs, not bread? Um, bread, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it would be like, you know, if you go into like the... Um, like Pepperidge Farm kind of? Yes. That was what you'd use for the season, but then you could sure. just use the regular... Okay. You can get breadcrumbs in like the bakery aisle, like over in the bakery section during oh, the yeah, holiday yeah. time. Yeah, like a bag of them. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and so it'd be a combination of that. And then you'd melt the butter. And so I don't know if it's chicken stock or water even and some stuff and then pour it all. So good. You'd always fight for the edges because they'd have like the perfect like crispy sides and so before it even got to the table, like the ants and stuff would always be like digging out the corners, taking the best part before we even sat down. A lot of different strategies when it comes to eating, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. <laughs> what are you going to sneak? Uh, my mom did, she was famous for her Pepperidge Farm sage bread stuffing. So she would buy the seasoned Pepperidge Farm. She would add a lot of oh, yeah. rubbed sage into it. And she was kind of famous for that. And it was kind of a wet version she would maybe crisp it up at the very end, but it was more of a wet dressing. She made her own stock. She made amazing gravy and um, and great stock. And so I, I like that, but I, so I love sage in my dressing, um, but I like something that's a little chunkier with more defined pieces of bread in them. And I've done both cornbread and regular bread. I've bought um, like focaccia bread cubes, dried bread cubes that are seasoned or not seasoned. And sometimes I'll add those to my own that I've staled some bread. And, um, but I do like to add maybe a little bit of sweet. So maybe a dried cranberry and or apple or pear or something. Um, like I said, sage is definitely a big one for me. And I do like a little bit of sausage. I've had oyster stuffing. I love oysters, but not for Thanksgiving for me. I know that's a very Southern thing. And so is like, a, um, I, I like cornbread and I've done cornbread dressings before, like corn casserole. I know that's a big other Southern thing. You do that a lot, John. Is that one of your that's things? That's one of my favorites. Well, I don't know if that's all Southern either. Okay. Um, um, there's Midwest. The tradition of, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to say it's Midwestern because there's a lot of corn here, so. Sure. 
Um, I, and I just grew up, my mom, you know, was uh, farmhouse cooking. We always had pretty much normal bread dressing. Um, but uh, my mom always had this secret ingredient of putting sliced water chestnuts in there. So there was oh. always a little crunchy something in there. And I just, I just love that. It's still a, a big memory for me to have that. But yeah, corn, uh, corn pudding, corn souffle, scallop corn. Whatever you want to call it, we get to have scallop. We got some saltines in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Robin. Yeah, we do you have a favorite. My aunt would make it. It was wonderful. I mean, that she just had that back. It was really yep. good. Um, yeah, we. My mom was. My mom was a fabulous cook, and we always had turkey and dressing, and she made a great dressing. And yeah, I miss those days, and and the gravy, and then the pies, and yeah, I miss it. Yeah. So, I mean, those for me are kind of the um, the anchors of, of Thanksgiving and then um, really good. And I, I make no apologies for my mashed potatoes, which I totally love. I remember in culinary <laughs> school, I did those as a side dish and the chef was like, who made these? These are really good. And the, the key is um, enough butter, salt, pepper, and um, half and half or some kind of milk or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't be shy. And then when it comes to the greens, that was always sort of the area that for us that we maybe experimented. Um, I did not like Brussels sprouts going up, but that is one of my go-tos now. I love Brussels sprouts, whether they're roasted or, um, you know, sliced up and shredded into a slaw or something like that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's very much my story too. I, I uh -huh. very tall. I, I was such a finicky eater. I could barely tolerate green beans when I was growing Same here. up. And on the other hand, now I, green beans are excellent, but Brussels sprouts are that much better. So same. Yep. Um, anybody else have a, a green or, or, or a vegetable? I mean, we do like the classic green bean casserole, nothing sure. crazy. Um, that was, you know, yeah. never really had Brussels sprouts, I don't believe, but now I like them. I like them now too. We had green bean casserole and then my mom would do um, a broccoli rice casserole. Oh, okay. And I liked that a lot. Wow. I would definitely wow. dive into our, I think you did that for, for a, uh, an SIB Robin or an SIP, one of our cookbooks. I think you okay. did do something like that. Um, but I would definitely check out uh, cuisineathome.com because we have a plethora of um, side dish. And maybe if it wasn't developed for, for Thanksgiving, it doesn't really matter. If the, if the vegetable dish speaks to you, then I would say go for it. One thing I do remember is that a lot of people went gaga for was our green bean, our Caesar green beans. Or, so it was like a Caesar dressing. So we did uh, cooked up some green beans and then did uh, kind of a Caesar dressing and tossed it with some breadcrumbs and some cheese. And that was a real popular one around the test kitchen. I love roasted uh, squash always. I like to roast vegetables a lot. Um, so yeah, so there's lots of options on that. As long as you get the dressing that sort of speaks to you and then pick a vegetable or two that um, maybe is new and unique. And, uh, and then let's talk pie, just because. I know this is turkey talk, but we did talk about this in our social page in um, the holiday issue that will be coming out. 
it seems to be the war between Apple and Pumpkin. And I know there's greater <laughs> there's greater um, competitors than those two when it comes to Thanksgiving. There's pecan. There's well, some people even mincemeat. There's um, what was the what is it? French silk. I mean, I didn't grow up with any of that stuff. We would have had pumpkin, apple, pecan, and maybe a, for a time mincemeat. And then we probably mincemeat was probably the first to to drop off. And then yeah. probably pecan, maybe. I don't know. It between apple and pumpkin, I can't decide. I'm gonna have a slice of both. But um, I don't know about you all. What's your kind of go-to dessert for the for Thanksgiving? Um, well, I never was a fan of pumpkin pie. Uh, that just wasn't my thing. We were one of the families that would always have chocolate because, um, and pecan and apple, and there'd be a pumpkin for, you know, adults, but we had a lot of grandkids <laughs> who wanted the chocolate because we saw all the other stuff and we said, no, <laughs> but now I like them all. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, I'm with you. I liked the chocolate, but there was always the other two. But my grandma made yeah. a really good pie. We always had several pies. I mean, that's just it. it was, there was something for everybody, I think. We tried to cover all the bases. So there, we had to have pumpkin, and we always had to have the chocolate, probably chocolate meringue, too. My mother and my both our personal preferences was for pecan pie. But the annual uh, trial by fire was, and it Women. became a family tradition of us ruining butterscotch pie every year. So my dad and I would make it year after year, ah. and we'd always screw it up, whether we, you know, burned the butterscotch or, you know, the the crust failed or something along those lines. Uh -oh. So it became a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the two guys making pie. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe really up stuck to the scotch. <laughs> yeah. I know I did a Q&A on this. There is no scotch and butterscotch. <laughs> but there should be. There should be. Um, maybe it's because you're drinking it. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah. In terms of turkey, is there anything else that we want to sort of impart? Any words of wisdom? Or uh, Maddie, you had a really good point earlier. When in doubt, call Butterball. <laughs> yes. You know, because... We might not be around, and I know a lot of times right. we won't be around. <laughs> I've received messages on our social media asking for things, and it's hard to get back to everyone sometimes. Um, but you know, we have lots of good, you know, references on our site. But also, Butterball is known to have a hotline and readily available <laughs> to answer all the questions as well. And I will say that we do have. I was checking this morning. There are. Um, a couple of really good um, turkey videos on our website, cuisineathome.com. One is how to spatchcock a turkey, and the other one is a carving turkey video. They're just short and to the point, um, and they're on the website. So if somebody wants to take a, just a couple minutes on each one of those, it's, it's well worth it. Yeah. That's also, um, Maybe don't try new recipes for if you're having a big gathering. If you're thinking of wanting to try a new recipe, test it the week or two before to see if you like it. So it's not like like a letdown if you <laughs> not quite enjoyed it. I was going to say yeah. that or maybe pick. I, I think my kind of rule of thumb is, well, anymore, it's probably a little different just because I cook professionally. But um, maybe one new recipe 
sort of introduced, don't overwhelm yourself. It's better to, like I said, keep it simple and go with the tried and true and the familiar. And if you want to experiment, don't don't go way out there and don't do everything new. <laughs> right. And delegate, assign things to people. I mean, unless you want to do it all yourself. And as John was saying, you know, spin a lot of plates in the air. Um, ask people to bring side dishes, ask people to bring desserts, ask for help for people in the in the kitchen or setting the table or keeping people out of the kitchen. <laughs> and if somebody brings a store-bought pie, but more power to them. You right. didn't have to make it. Yes. <laughs> or or if, yeah. if you always make rolls yeah. and you ask somebody to bring rolls and they and they buy them, that's okay too. Heat them up and you'd be fine. Put butter on them. You'd be fine. So <laughs> you you, sometimes People we have like to, it, and th this is advice for me. Sometimes we have to let go of our of our high expectations and just sit back and enjoy the company that we're with. Yes. And, um, and I and I I say that to myself too because I'm always like, but I want it to be, quote unquote, perfect. Um, but it or what is, it always was. <laughs> right. Exactly. And yeah. so, like you say, let's delegate. And if it's not it's exactly simple. what you would have made, just enjoy that someone else brought it and enjoy the company that you're with. That would be my best advice. So yeah, yeah don't don't strive for Norman Rockwell. Strive for good congenial company. So absolutely. So and if something fouls up, it's going to be a good story for the next year yep. and the years after that. Absolutely. Yep. Butterscotch pie. Yep, because <laughs> KFC is open. So if your gravy fails, you know where to go, or you can yeah, get no. the chicken. Keep a frozen pizza in your freezer just in case. <laughs> right. Yeah. If the falls on the floor, just look around, scoop it up real quick. Nobody needs to know that happened. I'm just I mean, saying. That, no, and it's interesting you say that, Robin, because that's one of the things, uh, one of the reasons that I really gravitated towards this this doing what I do. And, and that is that for me, food is about the communal table. It is about, it's creating something. I mean, I like food and so I enjoy the, the taste and the flavor and I enjoy sharing that. I just, it's the way that I express um, care for others. But at the end of the day, it's about the people gathered around the table and sharing time with one another. And, and hopefully you have some, some good vittles, but make it easy on yourself as much as you can and just enjoy the day, especially now. We've been through so much and um, uh, I think we all deserve to sit back, pour a nice glass of wine <laughs> and, um, and just toast one another and um, be grateful that um, we have people that we can do that with. Totally. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so I would say be on the lookout for your turkeys, folks, um, because they may be um, scarcer than in years past. Frozen is just fine. It's great. And if you're looking for fresh, then I would definitely get on that bandwagon sooner than later. Get on some list and um, get it ordered. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing with your pies. If you don't want to make pies, there are you can either store bought or there are a lot of bakers that are bakeries that. Um, or taking orders for pies, but again, get 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 out there now, order it, and um, get on a list and all that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I can't believe yeah. it's here again, man. Time is just a ticking. <laughs> the days are getting darker and darker. They are. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't think I have any 
anything else to add unless anybody else does? Um, I don't think so. Just have fun, be safe, and have a good time. Yeah, and check out cuisineathome.com for um, uh, recipe ideas, for video ideas, for turkey buying guide, and when in doubt, call Butterball. <laughs> this was not a paid advertising. Not at all. <laughs> so Macy's does tell Gimbal. <laughs> so thanks for joining us today. Enjoy your holiday with those you love if you are able to. And if not, uh, know that um, we care about you and we thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to you joining us the next time on Must Love Food. Thanks so much. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom cuisine at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.